0: Renter uh, Raiders entered the game as Renter. the only of the renters. <laughs> they're renting, you know. I'm rubbing doing.
1: off on you. <laughs> I'm rubbing off on you. I've always
0: been this way. <laughs> Maybe I'm rubbing off on you.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. What's up? It's Monday. It is week eight recap podcast. Ahmed Farid here. Chris Sims here. What's up, everybody? Chris Sims on Button presented by Under Armour. How you doing, dude? You good? Good. Yeah? Good, yeah. You got your English straight? Good? Renters. Renters. They're renting. renting a lot you know of shop for those Who knows where,
0: where they're gonna move next? Yeah, that's what I was trying know. to say. Yeah, got you,
1: got you. You looking good today, man. You, you too. Know? Yep, you got your red pants on. I'm always happy about that. Red it pants, makes you raise Steph my Curry's. level. Steph Boom. Curry's
0: as well. Have you gotten Ooh. your shoes yet no, from I Under have not wow. No,
1: nope, nope. Apparently, they have not come yet.
0: At this point, they're making a statement. I they feel maybe like. they
1: are. They're maybe like, "Screw that guy. We came here <laughs> to show off Ahmed Farid." Yeah, right. The right. first couple of weeks, it's like, "All right, you can see how that could happen." Yeah, right. Sure. You got bigger shoes.
0: Yeah. Maybe they're out of those yeah. size supply chain exactly. issues. Right. 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 Uh, but now it's they're, they're sending part, a message to you. Personal. It's getting personal. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> no, it's uh, not. No, I don't we still don't know what them. the issues. We, we still, do. We the do. Only, hey, you know how you get through it? Yeah. You go through. The only way is through. That's right. That's how you get through. The only way is through. No doubt about it. So. Uh, A lot to talk about. I mean, like we always have a lot to talk about on Monday, right? Because we go through every game and that's our personal pledge to you, the homies. Uh, but it seems like the more happened this week um, than last week. Last week was kind of a blowout week. A lot yeah. of the results were what you expected. This week we had some unexpected results, some unexpected performances from quarterbacks.
1: Games that come down in the end.
0: Um, yeah. But it was it was before we get into all that. It was holiday uh, Halloween weekend this past weekend. My kid was uh, my two kids were a unicorn and a firefighter. Wow. So I think that That's was nice. good, solid choices by yeah, them. Good what, ones. What was your What was the Sims family? Uh,
1: so let's see. I don't know. It it like it changed. It, little bit you know i got a 15 year old and an 11 year old my, my little boy was michael jordan okay he just he wore this it the first
0: year he's been michael jordan it's or? the first
1: year he's been michael jordan wow. he had the jordan jersey some bull shorts some wristbands that were jordan yeah he put on uh some jordan sneakers was and, he like i want to be this old-timey basketball player Is I, that I, what he I, said? I, well i'm actually shocked by it i'm shocked <laughs> by it because he like totally is always trying to go on the LeBron's better than Michael you're a crazy dad he's always trying to bring that up right yeah so I've kind of trying to have been like slowly like hey Philip nobody loves LeBron more than me I love LeBron yes he's not better than Michael Jordan like I'm sorry he's very close but he's not better so was this his way of being like all right dad i hear you probably not probably not it's probably last second my little girl was <laughs> yeah. michael myers just had a 23 yeah. oh yeah michael myers michael myers yeah. from halloween right you've seen that movie before i uh, have no you've really never seen, seen the movie, but you but know I'm familiar it. With yeah. it after, okay yeah. good you're familiar <laughs> with it but then like something happened yesterday where I, I don't know one of her friends costume didn't come yeah so they ended up doing like I don't even know what their theme was. They wore like long button down shirts and a tie. They were frat boys, I think. Something okay. like that. I don't know. See, kids these days. Kids you know, these days. We had it in
0: order back But when she we were also
1: kids. got on her horse yesterday for horseback riding and was Sid the Sloth from, um, you know, Shrek. Okay. Right? No, that's not Shrek. It's uh, Ice Age. Way to go, Pete. See, Pete's kids are young. He's yep. still up on that. Yep. And she put on her horse like. A tusk and a trunk. Oh, so the horse was part of the costume. Part of the costume for her lessons so yesterday. She so she had three co- three things she went to this weekend. Yes. That sounds
0: like something that would happen now.
1: It's I like, don't Dad, know. you
0: can't just have one costume. Right. That's right.
1: embarrassing. So she had one for her horse. Got to have one, one for the horse. A family, horse. family <laughs> party and one for her friends. So that's what she <laughs> that did. That does sound like something that would <laughs> yes. happen now. Very yeah. much. That's good. I like that though. Yeah, that's yeah. very
0: creative. Um, so, and, and you did it also on a football night in America. You were on that show. I was. Course, yes. I was on that week. show. Yes. Um, and I think we have a little preview of some people that wanted to be
1: you guys. Oh, for right. Halloween We did. We had some great costumes. Kristen, uh, can we
0: play that before we get into our breakdowns here? Wait, we got- wait,
1: oh, wait. What? Wait, they gave me a Brady Jersey and just put a one over it. Huh? That's what happened. No name. <laughs> no name exactly. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and so there was uh, that Brady was Taylor, awesome So if you well couldn't done. see that, well, they had a little kid, you yeah. know, blonde-haired kid. Right. Short, yeah. very short. Yeah, you were right. not that short right. ever it, yeah. in your life, <laughs> even when you were born. Um, but it was a Tom Brady jersey, but they put tape over the one. They put tape over Brady, wrote in Sims yes, there. So they well could, done. They couldn't find
1: a Sims, They couldn't find them. Apparently, apparently, there was uh, no more online to be had. <laughs> Which <laughs> is good. All four you're, were sold out. You are sold out. Yeah, that's good. And I have two of them at my house. So you guys
0: had a whole lot of fun. And... You had a lot of fun breaking down the game, so let's get to it. Because All right, let's uh, do it. We start with the ones that have more uh, storylines, and the first game had a lot of storylines within the game. Yeah, but also the biggest storyline now Ooh. as we enter this Can't next believe week. It. Tennessee gets the victory over Indianapolis. It was thirty-four to thirty-one overtime game, back and forth. A lot to talk about, but we do start with the breaking news here: Derrick Henry potentially out for the season with a Jones fracture that would require surgery. Now we don't know exactly. I mean, by the time you're listening to this, you might know more than we do right now. Yeah. I think it's safe to assume and I think we'll do for the purposes of this discussion that Please. he's going to be out a long time, perhaps the whole uh, uh, the whole season. I
1: I would think so. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I mean again, I I got I got I got to refresh my memory on the Jones fracture. Yeah. You know, I know Liz Frank. I know I know Jones' one. I need somebody to refresh me on it exactly, but either way, uh yeah, I mean when you're playing running back, of course, feet are pretty important And it's a lot of pressure on that part of your foot to think that, like, oh, yeah, he'll be back for a playoff run. Two months from now, basically? We're talking about two months. The playoffs are starting in a little over two months. Yeah, I'd have a hard time thinking. Maybe he does get back for it, but I just can't imagine him ever being like the same guy. But yeah, yeah I would think that's season-ending type of injury and a huge blow to the, the Titans. The strange thing is, is
0: that early in the game, when it was 14 nothing Indianapolis, you, they showed him on the sideline. Right. He was kind of limping around. Right. But he played the rest of the game, and what did he end up with? 28 carries? And yeah. so it was it was a little strange well, because is, it was like, all right, whatever it was, yeah. apparently it's not that big of a deal. Well,
1: this is the thing in the NFL, and I think this is what leads to a lot more severity in injuries a lot of times, and I I know I've had this conversation. I don't know if I've had it with you, but that to me is, you know, I when I see stuff like that, I always go, well, there's the Toradol effect, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody gets, almost everybody in football gets Toradol the night before the game or the morning before the game. So you get injuries like that, and you're like, huh, my foot feels funny, but you're numb. Your nervous system is numb. It's Toradol. It shuts all feeling off. Right, so they're like, "Oh, it feels a little funny, but I think I could play i can I think I can go, and then what happens is, as it slowly starts to wear wear off yeah. uh, throughout the day, whether it's last night or you wake up the next morning, that's when I can't tell you how many teammates I had or people I played with who we go game, game over, let's go get some food and have a drink, and they're going, oh, my shoulder's a little sore, but I'll be all right, and then they wake up the next morning and they're like, oh, fuck, my shoulder's really fucked up, I can't do anything, like, what the fuck happened? And it's just because of, it's that it's that aspect to me. It's something that we talk about a lot as players, but uh, that would be my take on that. Sorry to ramble there a little.
0: A Jones fracture refers to a break between the base and the shaft of the fifth metatarsal bone yeah, okay. of the foot. So it's on the outside of the foot. Outside foot, foot yeah, like not small, a good a lot
1: of pressure going to be put there you have to of course cut and do everything else and of course he's a power runner who runs through the scrum and has people hanging on him a lot too so big guy with that injury his position what they ask him to do yeah i'd have a hard time thinking he's coming back and listen this is a game changer it's a game changer in the afc the titans are like one of the few teams we're getting down to here just before we get into the game a little bit where i go like they're one of the few teams in the afc i don't have a ton of questions about they're kind of going and they're trending in the right direction in all areas. You're kind of going, man, their defense is kind of getting it. You know, they're, they're, they are they're make plays. They're not uh, giving up too many plays. Of course, the offense, they have really seemed to have found their way since that Jets loss a few weeks ago. And uh, they were one of the teams I was looking at to go, man, Tennessee might be kind of rounded into Super Bowl form here. Uh, but, of course, now I don't think that. If he's gone, that changes the outlook of their team completely. So before
0: we talk about potential yeah. replacements for him, there's going to be – talk that this was inevitable because of his usage and yeah. how much they were sure. using him. He had 219 carries this season. That yeah. would have ranked ninth in the NFL all of last season. We're talking midway through the year. I'm not even to that He's
1: point. on pace for all-time carries, right? right? Yep. NFL record right. for
0: carries in a season. 416 by Larry Johnson. He had that in 2006. Henry was on pace for 465. Of course, he got the extra game, but even without that, yeah. he would have gotten 438. Right.
1: So, was this overuse? Well, I'm not going to say it's over. Uh, listen, this guy's the ultimate bell cow, and I don't think he shows signs of being overused. I think no. that's the problem with him a little bit. And, you know, I know we've discussed a little bit before, even though he's a power runner between the tackles, he's got a unique way of not being too much of a car crash runner. You know, whether it's just kind of – you know, sneaking through the line and yeah, people hit him and tackle him, but it's not like, oh, shoulders down. I'm full speed. I'm going to lower my head right in the hole with linebackers. That's not what he does a lot. So I think he does a good job of kind of limiting the abuse his body takes, even though he takes a lot of carries, but no, oh, this is the this is you know this is the risk of of when you start to do that that many times. Of course, yeah, and especially with them and running between the tackles so much as they do, people falling on your feet. You're in the scrum a lot, and it just increases the chances of something like this happening. I don't think it's inevitable. I don't want to say that. Yeah, I don't think I'm not going to sit here and look at it and go, well, if they just gave it to him eight less carries a game. He wouldn't have had this. Sure. No, I don't. I think this is just unfortunate. When you carry the ball this many times, you're going to have some bad shit happen to you. Pete
0: notes here that he has not had a serious injury since breaking his foot in April before his freshman year wow. at Alabama. Wow. So it's been a long, a long time a for Derek. Show. The only thing about the overuse that I'll say yeah. is that it seems like in the past few years, which has worked really well for them, right. is they have relied more heavily on him as the season has gone on. Yes, it's right. like he's really gotten into gear when the weather's gotten colder, December, then into the playoffs. And so if they were planning on doing that again. Yeah, right. Right. You might Maybe want he to put him on a little pitch count early in the year. Right. You know, he just might not have been the same Derrick Henry yeah. after all these car- like not even like getting injured. It's like he just might be worn down if you want to try to do that again. Yeah, well, that that's a fair point. I'm not going to argue about. that. There's oh. no doubt. So here's the question yeah. Is he is he the most irreplaceable non quarterback in the NFL? Like if yeah. you're the Tennessee Titans, are you now having to replace a guy who is the
1: most irreplaceable? Yeah, okay. So that's a great question. I think non-quarterback. You know, yeah, yeah non-quarterback, quarterback, right. Quarterback. I, I got you all the way here. I mean, I think right off the bat, I think of, of course, Aaron Donald. I look at T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett to be in this conversation. Um, yeah, Derrick Henry certainly in the conversation. We know that. Uh, let's see. Anybody else in the – You know, it's funny. We,
0: we were talking – we were talking with our guys from... I mean, yeah, from- he
1: says Tyree Kill. He is a very important to what they do. There's yeah. no doubt about that. But I, I, think you could, I think I would probably say him and Aaron Donald. I would say yes. Mm-hmm. Those, two te- those two guys get hurt, it changes their team. The Rams have the luxury of a guy that they can just do so many different things with. He's such a mismatch that it changes the outlook for their whole defense. It's the same for Derrick Henry. Again, with like, I mean, just think about what you see from Tennessee every week. Think about what you saw yesterday. It's run the ball. It's run the ball. Oh, they stopped the run? Who are they going to throw the ball to? Yeah, A.J. Brown. Yeah, right. And what are they going to do off of that? It's going to be play-action-pass, totally. right? All right. I mean, that's that's how they play. So when you look at it, he just dictates the style of their football team. Yep. Uh, so that's where, yeah, I'd probably say he is the most irreplaceable player in football. Like I said, him and Donald are the top two on the list. Yeah, you do wonder how moving forward it affects Ryan Tannehill now, how it affects I, I, I'm A.J. Worried. Brown moving forward. Yeah. I have not seen great passing offense from Tennessee this year. Yeah, not like stand alone. You know, the last few years, not that I was blown away by what they did with Arthur Smith and the drop back pass game, but it was good enough to where I went, if they can't run the ball, their drop back pass game is good enough. Under Todd Downing, I've had. I can't lie. I'll say I've wanted more. But they've gotten away with it because their defense has been better. They've run the ball, of course. They stay patient with it, which is the best thing they do. And then that allows the play-action pass to happen. But, yeah, now this is going to put the spotlight in some other areas. And, right, you know, there are so A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry-centric. Yeah. That's where you go, okay, now all right, Julio, hopefully he gets healthy here soon. But who are going to be some of the other guys on this offense that really helped them out? Yeah,
0: those are the two guys since 2019 when A.J. Brown got into the league. A.J. Brown now has seven career 50-plus yard touchdowns. The only player with more... Is Derek Henry Oof. with eight in that time that uh, AJ Brown's been in the league? So those AJ Brown's do like a running play back. guys, and without one, it might affect the other one for sure. Yeah. Now, it's interesting when we talk to our friends at, at Points Bet Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of yeah. NBC Sports. Um, about what players move lines. They were talking about, this was a couple weeks ago, uh, Delvin Cook. And when he's out of the game for Minnesota, how much does the line move? And they said not at all because Alexander Madison's a good replacement. They don't really lose a whole bunch, and and maybe they don't lose anything at all because they said they don't change the line of that game at all if Delvin Cook is out. I think it's a little different now with Tennessee because Jeremy McNichols, the only other running back on the active roster, news coming out that Adrian Peterson is going to go to Nashville, have a workout there. Um, so replacing Derrick Henry, what about those two names? What pops into your head?
1: Well, I mean, you know, McNichols is solid. He's he's pass catcher, you know, yeah. Got a little thickness to him, Doesn't you know, it. to where you can, yeah, you can run the ball with him a little bit. But, I mean, certainly not the guy where I'd look at and go, oh, you know, to your point where you just said with Minnesota where I'd go, well, they'll be okay. They got a good backup and it might not be as good, but it's just going to be slightly less. No. It, it's it's going to be less, significantly less. Adrian Peterson, sure, I love that he's going to run hard. He fits the mantra of what they want to do. Hey, just get the ball, you know, stretch it out to the left, find a hole, and try to squeak through there, and you know, smash it in there. Yes, but I mean, again, what what people don't realize and what's so scary about Derrick Henry, it, it's two things, in my opinion. You know, one, he is so big and strong that he gets the ball. There's nothing there. I mean, there's nothing there, and he still gets three or four yards a lot of the time. So you still go, damn, that was a bad play, and it's still second and six. Look at these fucking guys. Mm-hmm. Gosh, it's second and six. We played the play perfect. Or we should have You know, had him tackled for a two-yard loss, and he still got one yard, and it's second and nine. That, to me, of course, is where he's great. But the other is just the, the fear of God he puts in the defense is because they just know, like— We can't have one play off or I can't go one play where I'm just going to roll the dice and not think about Derrick Henry in the run game because he can score in one play. It's very rare that he has a combination like that. like The combination of great power back of all time and yet great, like, um, what do I want to say, game changer or, you know, explosive play running back of all time that that to me is where he's special and why he's like a first ballot hall of famer as compared to other running backs because it's like he's got Emmitt Smith uh you know bell cow usage but like Adrian Peterson in his prime, big play, I can go 70 yards at any minute usage. And that, to me, is where he's really special and irre- irreplaceable that way. It's
0: going to be up to the rest of the team to step up. To, I mean, like uh, all around the board, right? Need Julio he's gotta back. Step. Julio's got to come hit. back, yep. give him another playmaker there because they're still in the mix here. They're uh, they're definitely you know, in the mix. I mean, so even not. without Derrick Henry. Yeah. They're still a playoff team,
1: potentially. Find ways. You know, the first thing that came to my head this morning when I saw the news is just like, well, they need to find ways to even put, like, A.J. Brown into, like, the Debo Samuel, the, you know, formula a little yeah. bit. But you know, play him a tailback a little bit. Give him a carry or two. Like what Cordero Patterson does for the Atlanta Falcons, a similar hmm. role. You know, they're going to have to make it up that way. And then, you know, I don't know. You know, we do have the trade deadline tomorrow. tomorrow. they are got to be looking at themselves right now and going, wait, we're a Super Bowl team. We we've beaten the Bills and the Chiefs, and I know the Chiefs aren't what they used to be, but they got to look at themselves as a Super Bowl team. To where I would think, you know, maybe one of these teams that's a seller here going into tomorrow, ready to get rid of a few guys here and there, right. that they look to make a move for some sort of running back around the NFL. Well,
0: the story of this game, if this had not happened a day later, would have been I think Indianapolis having a chance to win this game, uh, up fourteen nothing early. And then blowing it, losing in overtime, Carson Wentz, who had protected the ball very well up until The whole this year game, for the most part, he right. fumble yeah. last game Sunday night, didn't really hurt him. Um, throws two really bad picks at the end of the game, one on the screen pass that Frank Reich actually has taken the blame for. He said he should have never called a screen that close to the goal line like that, but just a bad play by Carson Wentz to cough it up. Returned for a touchdown, brought him back, but then another interception that doomed him. In overtime, Jonathan Marks says, self-scout thyself. Carson Wentz, two picks in the clutch, not a good look. The second was really poor.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it was... um a tale of two halves. Like you know, first off, the first half of the football game. Hey, the Colts are up fourteen nothing. I know they went for it on fourth down a few times in the first drive. I think twice. Ultimately, scored like a fourth and two in the goal line. Great. Yeah, but they were having great success. Team was in rhythm. But up fourteen nothing. They went for it on fourth down around middle field in the middle of the field at one point. That's what gave the Titans the short field yeah. for a touchdown to go and finally get some momentum, which they had been really struggling. All right. So I just have to mention that in the big aspect of the okay. game. So my big thing there is, you know, I, I think again, I know we want to be aggressive and Frank Reich has got a great feel and everything like that and he's creative. But up fourteen nothing around midfield, that would not be the time I would go, Okay, wait, we've made a few fourth downs already. At what point does the numbers and the analytics go? You're not going to be 100% today. Maybe we should dial it back now. And we're up 14 nothing, and their offense hasn't done anything yet. So I, to me, that was a mistake within the game. All right? There's something different about when the game's 0-0, too, as compared. You're up 14 nothing, and they have been unable to even create any momentum in a positive direction. Well, now you created it for them. They get the, they get the touchdown at, like, 10 plays later. Then Then, you know... Two series later, you have the interception by Taquan Lewis. The game's fourteen seven. Mm-hmm. He intercepts the ball in Tennessee territory, tears his ACL or his knee as he's running them with the ball. I mean, that's just unfortunate. And then the next play ends up being a play action out route to AJ Brown for a fifty something yard touchdown. Right. You know, so the game is crazy that way. You know, they had their chances to kind of control the game early and really. Yeah take Tennessee out of the game as far as we can't rely on the run game and the play action is going to be dicey after that.
0: Well, there's one play early on that right. you're probably going to be overlooked, but right. they were up 14 nothing. Yeah. They had... T. Y. Hilton open in the end zone, and Carson Wentz overthrew it by like a yeah, yard. I know
1: the. I remember the play. Would exactly have been twenty-one right. nothing. Would have right been there. Twenty-one nothing. I mean, Tennessee could still come back from yeah, that. Yeah, sure. More unlikely. More unlikely. And so, so that would be again. I know we talk about this every week, but there's a, just opportunities to where you can control the game and dictate it, and put another team in a spot where they have to get really outside the realm of the way they want to play. Um, but to our questioners point and all that the second half got dicey with Wentz I don't know what else to say I mean there was I know he threw two interceptions but I I mean there was I, I would say two or three other like dicey decisions where you're going what are you doing why are you trying to fit that ball in there I mean, he just he kind of reverted back to last year. Carson Wentz at one point locked on to receivers, you know, held the ball too long. The interception down on the screen is just I don't know. There's the stupidest play of the day yesterday. Stupidest play of the day. I don't know how you throw that ball. I don't know how you do it. You know, first off, just throw it away. He was here with his right arm about to throw it sideways at his feet and throw it away and then held it pumped twice and then switched his hand and threw it lefty like the, that to me was unbelievable and then to our our question the interception at the end i mean again i'll i'll go back this goes back it's the ra- it, they've had success with these corner routes That was the kind of route he threw the interception to on Kevin Bayard. There was probably five of those in the second half where he tried to jam in that same route. And I want to be like, no, no, Tennessee's smart. They've seen you complete that pass in the first half a few times and last week and the week before. It's over. Get off of it. So, yeah, bad game by Carson Wentz. Heartbreaking loss for the Colts, who I think you know, you could sit here and argue and say they probably outplayed Tennessee for more of the game than Tennessee outplayed them yeah. but not in the crucial moments that's the biggest part
0: yeah it, it does seem like there were plenty of opportunities for them to win that game and who knows moving forward they got a good running game Jonathan Taylor they're you know, not out of it they're not out of it they no. still seem like they're in these games and who knows what's going to happen with Tennessee now moving forward and Indianapolis always has the defensive pass interference
1: they figure that out Underthrow the ball deep and they do it better than everyone else I, I 2 mean, weeks in a row 2 now. weeks in a <laughs> row killed it right i mean you know even well you know even to that like you know that that play there uh, at the end of the game that gets them down to the one yard line yes you know even that was a late decision and a bad throw I mean he was open like he underthrew it by 15 yards and threw it like a second and you a don't half think, late you don't
0: think this is a viable strategy moving forward for Indianapolis to no I don't to get well I think the, underthrown defensive uh, pass no,
1: I think what it is is they're going to take their shots down the field which I do really respect about them and make you defend that part of the field and put pressure on you that way and of course that's the the ramification of that that I always think a lot of offensive coordinators and coaches overlook. Yeah, not only can defenders not play the ball, but they make a lot of pass interference plays. And But either way, big win for the Tennessee Titans, good for them. And, man, it uh, stinks for Derrick Henry. It really does. Right, so
0: close game there. Tennessee able to pull it off, but losing Derrick Henry for quite some time. Pittsburgh was able to pull off the victory over the Cleveland Browns. Uh, opposite of what happened in the playoffs last year. And I feel like this was kind of the game where it reminded me of Growing up, when you're playing your dad uh-huh. in pickup basketball. Right. And you're, you're better, right? right? And you're the up-and-coming guy. Right. You know, you're getting stronger. You're young. You're healthy. You're agile. Right. And then your dad just somehow figures out a way to win. You go, how with, did he do that?
1: He plays with his brains. He's he knows old. how to play the game. He boxed you out. He's slow. He took high percentage shots. You He's, were like, to I want to shove it in his face and hit a three right in his face. Exactly. And it, dad. Right. The right. dad won this right. game. Yeah. Ben
0: Roethlisberger of the Pittsburgh Steelers won 15 to 10.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean. Uh, Listen, here's what I'm going to go to. And you've heard me say this enough times now. This is where this is Pittsburgh football 2021. This is their best chance to win fucking games, period. Play through the defense. Hope the defense causes a few turnovers in the football game. You know, Big Ben, don't fuck the game up, and just we just need you to make two or three plays. And if you can do that, and just not throw any stupid interceptions, and then we can just run the ball and infuse Najee Harris into a few plays. We're gonna be hell to beat. And that to me is this is the way that a lot of the games there should look all year. I mean that that that's where I look at it. You know, you know, defense. Yeah, the turnovers at the end of the game, pressure in Baker Mayfield, didn't let Cleveland really get off in the run game, had a fourth down stop early on around the midfield, I think that led to their first field goal, I want to say it did, maybe I'm wrong somewhere in there, but uh, just, uh, that to me was typical Pittsburgh football, and what they did off of it too, to me is they, they, they took pressure off of Big Ben a little bit too. Yeah, he threw it 34 times and did some good things, but I thought they kept it simple and they... Yeah, ran the ball with Najee. How many reverses did I see in the game? Four, Good. five, six, seven reverses in the game? Try
0: to get the ball in Claypool's hands. Other guys, hand, right. Let's, let's get
1: them the ball without Big Ben having to make a decision and just – and, and then yet we can still kind of impose our physicality and still be like, we're running the ball offensive line. Let's keep doing this. Uh, right. To me, this is the way they should play going forward. Great win by them. I didn't know if they could pull it off. Honestly, I thought with Cleveland's defense and their speed and the way Big Ben's been for the most part of the year that he would make one or two stupid mistakes in this game. But, you know, he really, uh, I think, played within himself. And I can't, I mean, again, I'm watching a lot of games, but I can't remember a play during the game where I went, Oh man, he got lucky there. Or whoa, he's like, he's flirting with danger. I thought yeah. for the most part, he played the game he pretty good to watch. Right? It just do, doesn't seem like he but can do But that's all he's that got to do. That's all he's got to do. And yeah. hopefully they know that and he knows that going forward. Like you mentioned, they're relying on
0: the running game, third straight game with 100 plus rushing yards. Yeah. Third straight uh, wins since that 1 and 3 start for, for them. And I do give them credit, Najee Harris. Uh, 26 carries, 91 yards. I mean, they in the off season clearly they saw uh, we want a bell cow running back. Yeah, they identified Harris. Everyone and their brother knew that they were going to take him in the first round if he was there, and he was there, and they took him. And now they're game planning and they're using him. So it's like give him credit for having conviction in the
1: off season thinking of a plan, 100%. and now they're following that plan. Yes, I, I, I think that's exactly right. There's a plan there. They're not going to abandon it. I think Mike Tomlin made it like this is – I think he said that a few weeks ago. To, for, like He said, like, this is not the time to abandon plans here yeah. just because we're, like, you know, at week four in the NFL season. It doesn't look pretty. No, they continue to stay forward. That they, they know. Mike Tomlin's too smart to know this is the way they got to play. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, between that – few trick plays here and there. My defense, the way they rush the passer. If we're healthy on that side of the ball, you play us man-to-man. Big Ben can still throw the ball and screw you over that way. And then if you do play zones – we're going to run the ball, we're going to run reverses, we're going to throw the check down to Najee Harris and just play ugly stiller football. They're going to be a pain in the ass to beat if they play that way. I really do believe that. They can make any game versus anybody in the AFC ugly if they could just play clean that way on the offensive side of the ball. And even with that, it looked like a couple of
0: times that maybe Cleveland was going to be able to push through, get just enough to win this game. I mean, Pittsburgh's playing without Boswell, who got hurt at the end of the first half. So they had no kicker. They right. were not kick extra points, field goals, and so you really had them. in an uncomfortable spot if you're Cleveland. And there's one point in the game, remember this, where Baker uh, was on the sideline. It looked like a late hit. I don't think it was called, right? right. But he comes running out of there, and everyone's like, oh, he's upset. And then Romo on the broadcast goes, he's not upset. He's happy. And he's all pumping up the crowd. And everyone's like, it seemed like that was a turning point in the game. And then you get two plays later, Jarvis Landry catches the ball. Fumbles it, strip sacks.
1: Steelers hustle into the ball, tackling as a team. And Jarvis Landry had that fumble. He had a couple of a key couple drops. Other drops in this game. No doubt about it. So we talked about them, Odell, yeah.
0: and he, who? What Odell have one target in this yeah. game? So there yeah. are issues in the past game, and right. other issues with Jarvis Landry right. in this game too. And so that's 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 concerning for Cleveland in a game where they really couldn't get that running game going like they wanted. No, to. No, exactly
1: right. Those guys got to come through in the game like that. You're right. Jarvis had. I mean, what do you think it was? Three drops? Maybe it looked during like the game. It, yeah. They I were mean, were of like course, the one at the end of the game in big spots. But yeah, there was a few. Others too that were like to extend drives yeah. on a third and five or whatever. Um, yeah, disappointing for them. Disappointing on Cleveland all altogether. I don't know what else to say. You know, it's it's you've heard me say it. It's for this team with all the talent they have to be four and four. To me, is one of the underwhelming stories of the year as far as just you know evaluating one squad. But um, yeah, they got an uphill battle going now for sure. So Dad gets the win. Old Man Football Bo beats Steelers. Cleveland's
0: Old Man Football, and I think it's kind of a similar story with New England to be quite honest with you uh, they go and they beat the chargers in LA 27-24 the final score here so the Pat, uh, the pats get back to to 4 and 4 um, what would you say there Pete
1: about the I predicted this score. You
0: predicted this final I score. I said
1: 27 24. New England was one of the games this week where I looked at it and I said, I, I think this is the, one of the upsets I'm going to pick for sure. I thought they matched up really well. Uh, you saw enough of how the game. You know, New England's got two things going for them, at least on the offensive side of the ball. The O line and the running game are kind of rounding into, into form and mm. a little bit closer to what we saw last year. Mac Jones and the passing offense have found a few ways to get a few explosive plays. You know, as compared to early in the year where it was dink and dunk. And, like, to your old dad point, they're not making a lot of mistakes anymore. You know, they were a lot of turnovers, stupid penalties, yeah. un-New England type things early on in the year. We're seeing that kind of yeah. slow but down a little bit. there were some. There were, there were still, still few, some in this right, game. Some right. holding
0: penalties wiped out some big plays. Big
1: Every time they had a big run in the second half, it got came back. I mean, Damian Harris must have been like, I should have ran for 200 yards today. <laughs> yeah. Every time I turned around, I had to walk back to the huddle 40 yards after yeah. a 40-yard run because getting, of holding.
0: I'm getting tired. Yeah, uh, They had a fumble in the red zone. So like, I think that actually is concerning for the chargers right cuz you yeah. think like how was the how was new england going to win this game playing perfect you know winning by 3 it's like well they didn't qu- they didn't play perfect. No, so But they forced
1: the Chargers not to play perfect either. Well, so exactly. that's what saved them.
0: And now Justin Herbert's two worst passer rating games, completion percentage games of his career have now come against the Patriots. Uh-huh. What are they doing against him that's making life so difficult?
1: Well, uh, you know, I think there's, you know, first off, they match up good. There, we know how good they are in the secondary. They're so well coached. The, the, the Chargers are not a good running football team. So when they... Okay, New England's not as good as I thought they would be at stopping the run. They're good enough to go, wait, we don't have to put too many eggs into that basket to stop this team to slow them down. So when you get to a team where the Belichicks can go, okay, it's really like – seventy five twenty five past to run and we can kind of play that percentage, that's where they're great, right? And that's where they can give you nine million different coverages and in big situations take away the guy they think you're gonna go to. I think it's that aspect, okay. And then the other aspect I think of this is, you know, for two weeks in a row, and I kinda of said this early in the year, like the offense of the Chargers didn't wow me. I didn't go, oh my gosh, look at this, this is so creative, this is amazing. I went, they got good players, they run the right plays and the right defenses. I do think you're seeing the NFL catch up to them a little bit right now, and Joe Lombardi, new offensive coordinator, going, wait, okay, we got enough games now here, and the way we've broken down our games here in our front office and with our, uh, you know, bitch boy guy coaches like I was in New England, (laughs) to start to be able to play, like, formations, down in distances, they like to do this. When this receiver's in the slot, they like to do that. When this receiver's outside, they do this. That's what starts to happen. And to me, that was one of the things that jumped out to me. Again, I'd have to go back and watch the film, but I just felt like it was one of those games, too, where Justin Herbert dropped back a bunch of times, and he was like – Oh, oh, I want to throw it. Wait, he's not open. Oh, I want to throw it to him. Oh, he's not open. Mm-hmm. And what I would see replays, it looked like the Patriots were over a lot of their stuff in the in the pass offense. Yeah, and it seemed like
0: the Chargers found themselves in third and long situations for a majority of the second no half doubt. of that game. That's right. Like, I think it was, was like it was. Third and nine. Third and nine right. all the time. Exactly. So, they just couldn't get in manageable
1: situations here. New Opp- England's dangerous. You gotta, I mean, don't sleep on them. Yet. Well, they're the opposite, opposite, right? Because right. they have that
0: running game, and, right. and you mentioned it as well. Right. Um, since that negative one rushing yard game versus Tampa Bay, they have 120 plus rushing yards in four straight games. There you go. Um, Saeed Ali says victory lap for the Pats upsetting the Chargers. That run D for L A was good until it wasn't. Do you think it'll hinder L A? In the playoffs,
1: I do. I do. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, listen, I'm not ready to say LA is going to go to the playoffs yet. I'm not ready to say that, you know, again, they're, they're going to be uh, on the fringe when you can't stop the run to the capacity. They, they can't, they're going to have issues against like 90% of the NFL. You know, what happened yesterday, you know, uh, you know, I mean, listen, Kendrick Bourne doesn't fumble that ball like he talked about, which was, was that in the red zone or fringe red zone I or wherever so. it was? Yeah. It was, they were driving. I know that yeah. to your point. I don't point. think he played after that, too. Oh, you know, He probably didn't. You're right. I don't think he did either. The next two times Mac Jones dropped back to pass, I was like, I don't see Kendrick Bourne out there. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. He's, yeah. in the, he's in the doghouse for a while. But, you know, you know it's it's hard to be explosive on offense when the other team's always running the ball, moving the ball down the field, on the field. The Patriots, for my money, and again, maybe I'm wrong. I know I'm watching a lot of different – controlled the pace of that football game, I felt like, throughout. You know, I didn't know if they would win, but I remember just sitting there as the games were going on and watching going, this is exactly how New England wants this game to go right now. It's not a shootout. It's not a lot of big plays in the pass game. You know, they're playing pass defense and going, go ahead, run it. Go ahead, run it. And I know Jackson had that one big run, but they were willing to let that happen. You know They didn't want a 70-yard run, but they were willing to go, okay, every now and then you're going to get five yards in the run game. So what? Right. But you're not going to get Mike Williams 30 down the field, Keenan Allen 25 down the field, you know Jared Cook 50 down the field. So that's where defense is only going to get better there in New England. Mac Jones is getting better and better and finding ways to make a few good throws every week. And you said it. The run game O-line, when they can do that, New England's going to start playing complimentary football. And they're always going to have the right game plan. And we'll see as it goes forward. I know they still got a lot of tough games on their schedule. But they're going to be annoying to whoever they play in football. Madridista forever says
0: victory lap on Mac Jones being underrated just because he didn't look athletic. He has been the best rookie quarterback. Do you agree with that? I mean, Jones has looked good. Yeah. Yeah, he hasn't really made. I mean, some of the deep passes in this game, but he doesn't have that wow factor. No, for he does sure. wow. We never said that he had the wow right, factor.
1: Right. But do you think he's been the best rookie quarterback? It's it's hard to argue. Like I think what I what I say to people when they ask me on the radio is like, yeah, he does not win the wow factor. Like no. I still look at Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and Justin Fields and go, whoa, they've made me say wow a lot, like yeah. a lot. But then, you know, I think just from purely being able to handle everyday life in the NFL and manage an offense and a game and be the most consistent with reads and throws, clearly the best. Clearly the best. And, uh, you know, I I, I think the other thing, too, is I think his physical ability will show up more and more as he gets more comfortable and – doesn't think so much. He's got a lot on his plate. He's got more on his plate than any well, of these that's other the quarterbacks. Problem. Maybe he needs less on his well, plate. Well, they need to be able to run the fucking ball. I think that's probably oh, why I, I they're about a, about a little bit. A chef. He could use a little less in that department, too. But, I, yes, it's hard for me to argue and not say he's been the best rookie QB to this point. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's been good, and yeah, he's got sexy. the job done. Did his
1: job. Like did Rodney his Harrison job, does. didn't make mistakes, and I'd say made four or five throws where you went, whoa, that changed the field position, and now they're here in scoring position, and they right. got control of the football game. And, and the way New England's built, that's the way they're going to play this year, and that's the way they want to play. Yeah, he did very well. He did not get a damn okay, though, because I'm going to
0: reserve that for backup quarterbacks who were – very uh, instrumental in the games yesterday. But before we get to that, yeah, we want to give some thanks to Under Armour.
1: Yes, we do. Do you
0: have your Under Armour read? script there to do, do. with? You, you? ready? Okay, let's Here do we it. Go. All right, All right. You, you begin it. I begin today? Okay. Sure, why not?
1: We are supported by Under yes, Armour. we are. Just like us, Under Armour wants to give you an edge, Chris. They are focused on performing better and taking their game to the next level. Very, very much like me and Ahmed. Very we do. much. We try to. We, we go. Do. We
0: see what level we're at, and yeah. then we try to go one more, go one more up, go one, more up. Go one more up. Yeah. Everything from running shoes that propel you forward to hoop shoes that give you insane grip. They even make hoodies that reflect energy, but they have not sent a hoodie to Chris. And you would wear one of those hoodies. I, w- I, hoodies I on definitely this bike, would. Guys. And
1: I want to know what they mean by reflecting energy. I need to, I need to ask that because that just <laughs> yeah. interests me every yeah. time. Yeah. And then. We're not just about the end result at Under Armour, winning or glory. No, it's about the hard work, the decision,
0: the cycle of training, competing, and recovering, Chris. The the dedication, not the decision.
1: Come on, can you read Under Armour? He (laughs) can't (laughs) read. Fire him. We give you advantages, but not shortcuts. Yep. The only way is through. All right. So good. That That was like a B minus word. I was a plus you were kind of B minus. Yeah. Yeah. Dedication or decisions. (laughs) You know, you want to
0: make good decisions as you're going through this. You do. And uh, and some teams made good decisions on who to pick as their backup quarterback. Oh, did they? Is that what they're saying now? Is that because
1: because this is what I love about football and Uh sports media and sports fans and all. We all knew it. The whole week. All I heard in New York. All I heard in New York, how fucking stupid are the fucking jets? The fucking Jets are going with this guy, a backup quarterback? The fucking Jets are stupid. I'm talking like my Northeast friends up here. That's <laughs> yeah. how they That's yeah. all when my Jets friends. Yeah. I mean what the what the fuck are they thinking? We we got a rookie quarterback? This is our backup this year? What the fuck? Yeah. Right. Now, well, now now they want now they want him to be the starter forever and take Joe Namath off the Ring of Honor and let's put Mike White on there. Because he is
0: starting this week's edition thanks to Under Armour of Damn OK.
1: Damn. I'm okay. Damn. I'm okay. Yeah, no, I mean, yes. I'm okay. The legal gambolizing. Oh, baby. I am Chris Sims. I'm okay. okay. Damn. Okay.
0: All right, so it is Mike White. Damn, okay. Damn. First career start, Kristen. I think we have the numbers there. 37 of 45. 405 yards. Three touchdowns. Did have a couple interceptions, so there, it went a while where he did not have a pass touch the ground. It was either throwing to his own team or, or throwing the other team, which right. was quite an accomplishment. Right. But over 400 yards, second quarterback since at least 1950 with 400 or more pass yards in his first career game. Cam Newton was the other one. And after the game, Robert Sala was asked, he's like, hey, could he be the long-term answer at quarterback For you guys. And so Robert Sala had to answer that question after the game. And what did he say? He goes, we'll go day to day, but anything is possible.
1: Okay. Well,
0: anything is possible. What is going on with the Jets? Because he did, like, correct me if I'm
1: wrong. Mike White in that game looked better than Zach Wilson has in his career so far. Sure. Sure. I'm not going to say I, – I, I, he didn't make any throws in the high level of the way Zach Wilson has this year. I didn't look at one throw. If I took Zach Wilson's top five throws and Mike White's top five throws from yesterday, I would go, no, Zach Wilson's absolutely blow his away, okay? All right, first off, this is what I want to do more than anything. We've got to give the Jets' defense some love. Okay. I mean, you talked about the stupid fucking interceptions he threw. They only let up uh, w- what, three points after that. One time they stopped them completely. No, I think the other time they got seven, Okay. Also, another time, the Bengals had the ball down first and goal, I think on the six-yard line. They held Cincinnati to a field goal, let alone the interception at the end to set up the short field when they tried to throw the screen to Jamar Chase. So the defense deserves a little credit here. You know, we didn't see Cincinnati go off yesterday like we've seen. They did some good things, but I want to give the defense uh, some credit for giving Mike White and the offense the chance to do what they did. Now, Mike White and company... Great job, really was. Okay.
0: Uh oh, it seems like there's a. Well, like you a know where I'm going compliment. with this because you heard me a <laughs> little a bit long before the pause show. A well, this right is there. what
1: I hate about football. And this is what I hate about offensive coordinators and, and teams sometimes. First off, Mike White was it was a dink and dunk fest yesterday. Dink and dunk. I didn't even know this. Okay, I came in today because I okay. I knew we we're going to talk about this game, and then you know, you and Pete are telling me a little bit what the New York sports media is talking about that he's going to be the starter. He's the future, and I want to go. I never really saw him throw any ball. Everything was a dink and dunk. Everything was a check down. Everything. So then what did I, so then? Of course, Pete did a little elitis, he goes, I'll look it up. I'll, I'll look, look up, up the numbers, and so and, we did look it up. Yeah,
0: what was it? All right, and. You are right. We hate to we yeah, hate to admit right. this. Right, because I once watch while, games and I know right.
1: football, and every throw was fucking short and four yards. So for Mike White
0: in this game, four point two average depth of target, the fourth lowest of any starting quarterback in a game this season behind Jimmy G, Jalen Hurts, and Geno Smith. So, right. So it the, was lowest, of the, the, the lowest, lowest of the
1: week, the lowest of the week, fourth lowest of the year. Correct. Okay. What I first want to go is. What was Cincinnati defending? I just saw so many plays where I went, Cincinnati's going down the field like they're playing Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, and I'm going, who, whoa, like what the fuck are you covering like that? Why do we have seven guys 25 yards down the field? Like what the hell? What the hell? Yeah,
0: you're getting getting heckled. You're getting heckled here in your own building. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) But either
1: way, so he does that, right? And then – But here's my other thing that you know is my pet peeve. And anybody that's been listening to my podcast for the last four or five years, backup quarterback gets in. He's not very good. He doesn't got talent. So we got to find a million ways to do it for him. We got to help him. We got to help him. We got to come up with a million ways because he can't do some of the things Zach Wilson does. Because when Zach Wilson's in there, we just send two guys out in a route and say, throw a laser 40 yards down the field. He's talented, so he can do it. So let's not give him any help any other way. But they give that to the backup quarterback. It's a pet peeve of mine that I see constantly. You know that. This is probably at least the third or fourth time in our relationship you've heard me say this. It's annoying. So there they go and come out with a different offensive approach. And I go, well, the whole world and the whole perception around Zach Wilson would be different if you had some of these plays to help him out a little bit. Instead of every play being, hey, play action pass. Hey, Zach, can you throw a 30-yard laser on an out route into tight coverage? And we haven't run the ball that well today. Like, oh, no problem, coach. So that's where I go. And what I want to just say is shut up, everybody. Mike White's not the answer, nor will he ever be. I'm just saying it. I don't mean to disrespect him. It was a great job by him yesterday. Now he solidifies himself as a backup. But, like, the way they won that game yesterday is not realistic, and it will not work in the future, and defenses will start to figure out and go, wait, uh if we take away the four-yard dink route, then they're going to have trouble. And I don't know what the fuck took Cincinnati so long to figure that out yesterday, but nonetheless, that to me was more of the, the thing we should be talking about than anything else.
0: Yeah, so blame Cincinnati for not uh, covering Michael Carter, perhaps out of the backfield. Well, because he there. was targeted 14 times in the past game. This is a little victory lap for you, because you were very high on Michael Carter, I love Michael Carter. coming Carter. Out, of the, out of the draft. Yeah. Uh, you were higher on him than most other people you had him ranked ahead as unc teammate javante williams where a lot of other people had it the other way around yeah,
1: it is close javante's been impressive and
0: carter went off in this game though off. 77 yards on the ground and 15 carries the nine catches in the past
1: game 95 yards do you think that's something that he can do yes. consistently this is why i liked him to me he translates to the modern day nfl because of these stats now again hey everybody out there Everybody out there who thinks Mike White's the future. Michael Carter, nine receptions, 95 yards. Now, Michael Carter wasn't going down the field and running 20-yard outs or in cuts, just so everybody knows. He was catching checkdowns or a design play to catch the ball at four yards and then run after it. Jamison Crowder, slot receiver. All they do. Oh, all he did was run four and five-yard routes, and they threw him the ball. Oh, after that, who's the next leading receiver on their list? Ty Johnson. Oh, another running back to throw checkdowns and short passes to? Whoa, okay. Okay. And then, then you have Elijah Moore. Then you have Elijah Moore and a receiver that finally jumps onto the scene. So that just tells you right there. I mean, again, the game plan, I don't know what Cincinnati was doing, but I'm mad at the Jets coaches to go, what are you doing? I know he, that Mike White's a little more of a veteran and, of course, can maybe handle a little more offense than a guy like Zach Wilson, a rookie. Right. But still, those plays weren't reinventing the wheel. That, to me, just showed a flaw in the Jets' offensive coaching staff to go, That's, you should have already had this infused in your offense and you wouldn't be sitting here at 1-5 and five going in the Bengals game. It'd be a different year. So there's my two cents about that. Um, you like that? Full credit to Anthony Rufos, who uh, tweeted us about
0: the uh, whole Mike White versus Zach Wilson controversy and what the New York media is making of that, and also about Michael Carter, who you were very high on. So, Anthony Rufos, thank, thank you. you for both of those uh, those questions, helping us get through uh, this game. One thing yeah. on Cincinnati. What else? So
1: he said oh, he's talking about the New York man. Anything can happen when asked. Okay, yep. yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's crazy. But what do you think of the what do the tea leaves say? I like him, Anthony. You the man. Yeah. Yes. Well, I gave you the tea leaves right there in a harsh what way. You make Certainly wasn't leaves? personal towards you. I, I hope you know what I was saying there. We've I think you will. Between them, yeah, yeah, we've read between
0: them. Last thing on this game, though. Yeah. And you might look at the final score and be like, wow, this is a terrible result for Cincinnati. They had so many chances to, like, well, to win it. this that's game. It. They were up by that's 10 it. before right. the Thank half. You. Thank you. Um, they were up by 11 with seven minutes to go. It's like they should have won that game. No doubt about it. I don't quite understand how they didn't yeah. when you look back at yeah. it. But uh, So I don't think it's one of those like, wow, that was a the fall on your face performance for the Bengals. It's no. like they should have won that game. They,
1: they They had many opportunities to kind of close it off. You're right. Exactly right. Put them away. They didn't. Hey, listen, this is the typical case of one team got their ass whooped and embarrassed and somebody ran the score up on them. Bill Belichick and the Patriots did it, the Jets. So all week they were on edge. And think about this, too. Cincinnati was puffing out their chest. We beat Baltimore. We're real. I mean, again, it's the NFL. Two or three mistakes. The worst team and the best team in football all starting to get real equal. And when you blow opportunities and don't score when you have first and goal from the one and then have another time with that offense to get first and goal on the six and only kick field goals in big moments of the game, yes. So the Jets did a good job of taking away some big plays that we've seen from Cincinnati and Jamar Chase, right? We never saw Jamar Chase go off in yep, the game, first really. First time this right? year. And then, and then they made a few plays on the defensive side of the ball. And, uh, you know, I give the Jets a lot of credit, certainly. But like the Mike White conversation, please, please, please. Uh,
0: What about what about the Trevor Simeon conversation? You want to have that how he is and outdueled the great Tom Brady and is now better than him. So the Saints defeat the Buccaneers. (laughs) He's the real 3627. He's now the new real goat. Uh, he play, He was playing in this game because Jameis Winston uh, Winston, unfortunately got hurt. Gruesome injury. Yeah. I mean, it just sucks uh, it's to unfortunate. see I feel This I was happy it. to see after the game, though, and I think we have video of oh, it because the Saints are dancing and loving this in the locker room. And there's Jameis he Winston. He ain't going to be
1: too down. That's what I like about Jameis. He's like, screw that. Okay, I got a knee brace on, but I'm still going to have fun with the team. With crutches. And that right there, I was like, you know what? I really like Jameis Winston. A lot of people do. He's got a lot of people do he's
0: got a confident quirky personality, but clearly part of the team there and he's not sulking after getting knocked out of that game he's yep. dancing with the team with his crutches on yeah and and you know he's he's the poster child for getting ridiculed for dumb decisions all oh, that looks like Jameis Winston out there um, but he's got a ton of talent so hopefully he can get back I mean yeah. obviously it seems like it seems a like a serious, significant injury yeah um, but hopefully he can come back at some point and get back in the NFL and take over a team again. But the Saints didn't need that in this game. They beat Tampa Bay without their starting quarterback for most of this game. 36-27 was the final score. Now, send in a, you know, 159 yards, a touchdown. Um, but with those numbers, you're like, okay, so they just could not win that game. They had the lead. They gave it up late. Tom Brady coughed it away. I mean, it's it's one of those head scratching games where if you didn't yeah. watch it and right. see it develop, you wouldn't right. believe that it happened.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, two two pretty bad interceptions. Right. Got the strip sack fumble when he was hit and thrown. I mean, yeah, you don't see Brady make those mistakes a lot. Right. You know, but hey, this came back to the same old thing. We we like, and again, this is the only flaw in Tom Brady's game, in my opinion, right now at this point of his career. I mean, and yeah, we know he can't scramble or make plays off schedule that way, but. From the get go, he was jumpy in this game. And that's because the Saints are one of the few teams in football that can overpower a little bit the Buccaneers' offensive line. Is that what it is? That, that's to me what it comes down to. They have a, a defensive line that can handle, I mean, can get pressure on Brady without being too over blitzy, right? They have a defensive line that can slow down. Fournette and company and not be overpowered and still play, wait, we're going to play pass defense, we're going to put a lot of pressure on our front seven, they can slow down this run game and not bludgeon us like they do other teams, because that's what that's where Tampa's shown another level of football, you know, Ass kickingness this year is where they can just go, you know, oh, you're playing pass defense. Well, we'll just smash it down your throat. We'll be patient with the run game. And you're just are you gonna eight yards, ten yards and take that? At some point defenses go, damn, we can't. They're just gonna keep going down the field and then they crush you with all their other stuff. The Saints don't have to do that. They're well coached, you know, as far as creativity. They got size and physicality on their D line. They're deep on the D line so they can send waves of people. And then the last piece of this puzzle is why they beat Brady or why they give the Bucks trouble. They have good cover guys. So, therefore, too, they can, they can wait, we're going to play man-to-man and have our safeties come down and play this route, and this safety's going to play this route or double this guy, right? Does that make sense, what I'm trying yeah. to explain there? Right. At- Lattimore can match up with Evans. He's been extremely good uh, covering him his whole career. And then you talk about Paulson Adebo. Um, who was one of my top rookies? You know, as cover corner, PJ Williams, a good cover player. Um, Bradley Roby being added to the mix, and you know Gardner Johnson. Let alone with pretty good safeties. You know, and, and um forty three and, and Jenkins and you go well, damn, yeah, that defense got some talent. They right. got physicality, cover guys, and scheme, and that's why they give the Buccaneers some issues. So I don't know if we've looked at it, uh, the graphic of Tom Brady versus the Saints
0: and then then everyone else. Yeah, one and yeah, three crazy. versus the Saints now in the last two seasons with Tampa Bay, twenty and four versus everyone else. And android Strowman kind of asked the the question that you just answered, but is there Anything that other teams can take away sure. here,
1: or do you need that personnel that New Orleans has? Well, to me, we've only seen two teams really be able to do it so far that jump out to me, just right off the top of my head, at least this year, all right? And that is the Rams and Saints. The Rams, I didn't know if they could do it because the Rams are not necessarily big like uh, the Saints are up front, but their speed gave the Bucks issues, the Saints are one of the few size teams that seems to still be able to go, wait, uh, usually Bucks offensive line, you're good against size people, but we're just sizier than you, and we're going to move you. Like, that's a new word. <laughs> that's um, a, you just invented that I one, sizier. <laughs> sizier. Um, I think that's a good one. That could stick. But I think that's what I, I look at kay. more than anything. You know, again, like, the Patriots tried this formula a few weeks ago. They're just not quite as talented up front, so they couldn't pressure Brady, right? But they tried to do the same type of play. Like, we're going to play pass defense. We're going to put a little pressure on our D line to slow down the run game. But they couldn't slow it down enough. They're not, they're not as good as that Saints front to slow it down quite the way the Saints could. The right. Saints got it into a game of, like, Bruce Arians and Leftwich were basically like, eh, screw the run game. We're not going to be able to run it on these guys today. And it became an all-pass game. And now Dennis Allen gets to be creative, and their D-line gets to tee t- off a little bit.
0: Buccaneers go down. New Orleans does it again to them. They get the victory there. <laughs> and it was another backup quarterback in our game of the week, Sunday night Whoa. football: Cowboys Whoa. versus Vikings. No Dak Prescott. He was on the sideline in a very tall hat. It was like Tom Amansky and that, you know, Fred McGriff. You know, in oh, in the
1: old, uh, old what was that baseball called? Baseball, baseball? Video. Yeah, Tom um,
0: Amansky's. You know, I know, but what was
1: it called? I know that was great. Yeah. yeah, Fred McGriff never could like put the hat on his head. you it was were just like
0: sitting like on his, barely sitting on his head. On his like, head you with you very teach,
1: tall. Teach kids the skills of baseball. What like, the hell was that called? Like that? A, Tom Amansky. The school I know it was Tom Amansky, but. Baseball
0: yeah. skills video. Yeah, there yeah, was some Pete. other name to it, though, but we'll good research job. That was that. our age group right there. That was there. right, and I mean, Fred looked so, and he pointed it at you, and yeah. he was like, you need to learn the basics You need to yeah. learn how to swing a bat. And you can play like me for as many years as I did. Yeah. Uh, but with Dak on the sideline looking like that, looking like Fred McGriff, Cooper Rush came in the game. And Jake Kud 13 says, damn okay for the Dallas Cowboys. Win without Dak. Win off the arm of Cooper Rush, who throws for 325. And the defense... Uh, holding Minnesota to 278 total yards, yeah. one for 13 on the third downs. Jake Cood, good job of summing up this game because it was. that was Way basically to go. it. That
1: was it, Jake Cood. You, you, Jake Cood 13. You killed it right there. I mean, li- listen. I think the first thing he says there that we got is the defense. The defense is what I'd like to go to more than anything. Yeah. I mean, I know Cooper Rush was real good. I get that, but the defense being able to slow down Dalvin Cook in that running game, and then man, anytime I looked up. You know, again, Minnesota's offense is not reinventing the wheel in creative schematics. So when they can't run the ball, their bootleg play-action game, which is also pretty basic too, it's just not good enough to stand on its own. And, you know, again, i got to watch the film, but I can just tell you because it's an NBC game and we're sitting here in NBC studios and I can see the sky cam and the, and the regular cam and I can watch it all. And I'm just telling you, there wasn't people open. It wasn't like Kirk cousins was dropping back and I was sitting there going, wow, he's playing poor. He's missing people. You know, Dallas's defense just continues to get better and better. Randy freaking Gregory. I mean, wow. Does he pop a lot? You know, their defensive tackle plays good. Michael Parsons is insane. Vander Esch, of course, just athletic as he is. He was perfect for this game. Oh, it's zone. It's outside zone with Dalvin Cook. Oh, no, it's not. They're running the bootlegs. Let me run back and stop the crosser who's running behind me. And he was there to do that. So they were really well coached and schooled up on how to play Minnesota. They won the physical battle on that side of the ball. And then when you switch over to the other side of the ball with Dallas's offense, and this is where I'm mad, you know, I picked – Dallas to win the game, and then when Dak was out, I went. Ah, I'm going to take Minnesota to win a close one. I, I, I just I thought they'd maybe win by you know, field goal, whatever. Yeah. But, but the thing, and the, to me, the biggest aspect of the game is Minnesota had to overplay the run game of Dallas so hard. That they knew they were so overmatched that they didn't find ways to cheat eight and nine guys down in the box that they were going to get smashed. That it just, you know, again, I'm not trying to take away from Cooper Rush. Just go back and watch the highlights of the game for the most part. Mm. I mean, the plays, are they couldn't be more basic. It was like. You know, hey Johnny, go down there and run a twelve-yard button hook, and it's like, well, it's man to man on a crappy corner, and they can't cover CD and Amari. First of all, my name is Amari, Um, uh, but 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 you know what I'm saying. I mean, a lot of the plays were as basic as it gets. Um, I just I give him credit for being tough, overcoming some adversity. Of course, the clutchness in the last drive, Uh, but they just said, wait we'll run the ball enough just to continue to get them to be playing man to man and they those corners out there in Minnesota you know their secondary's not good in Minnesota yeah. it's so not a good run defense and then no good so there you go there and this is if you're watching on YouTube YouTube or Peacock look at the pass chart it explains my point you know it's just like wait they didn't throw the ball in the middle of the field right and again this is where i think a lot of teams mess up with like rookie quarterbacks or backup quarterbacks. Throwing down the middle of the field is disaster area. If you can run the ball and you got one-on-one matchups, this makes it real clean and easy. Yeah. And he just played CDs better than Breedlin, you know, Amari Cooper's better than Dancer. CDs better than Danser, Amari's better than Breedlin. I'll just throw to them. Curl route, slant route, little out route. I mean, that's all it was. But to me, that's really what dictated the game and good job by Cooper Rush and uh, just hanging in there, especially after a bad interception early and, you know, getting killed on that strip sack fumble, um, you know, the way to hang in there and, and come out and win the football game. Dallas is real. I don't know what else to say to anybody. Yeah. People keep going, how good is Dallas? I go, Dallas can win the Super Bowl. It's, it's it's They are one of the best teams in football. As good as that offense is and the defense continues to go in the right direction and De- uh, Demarcus Lawrence isn't back yet, so watch out when he's back. And if they can get their other rookie corner who they drafted in the second round, Kel- uh, Joseph from Kentucky, they get him playing in two to add one more body in the secondary, sure. I'd say watch out. But Dallas is the real deal. They can compete with all the big boys in football. There's no doubt about that. Staying on the defensive side,
0: and we talked about the rookie quarterbacks and maybe Mac Jones is the most impressive so far, even though he doesn't have the wow factor. Yeah. Not that they've played poorly, but a lot of those quarterbacks are in tough situations, and yeah. so maybe they haven't been the most impressive. Right. Micah Parsons on the defensive side, oh. he had a game-high 11 Dude. tackles, four Dude. tackles for a loss, quarterback hit, two quarterback pressures. Has he been yeah. the best rookie player,
1: period? He's, it's, 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 you're right. I thought about this the other day, just as I was kind of sitting around bullshitting and watching football stuff. Jamar
0: Chase has been good.
1: That, to me, is the, that's the conversation. I think that it just right there. Am I missing anybody else, Pete? That's in that category. Penny Sewell's been up and down. Yeah, you know? I'm, no, I'm trying to. Yeah, he's not going to be in that category. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else we're missing that's been kind of that freak show. I don't think so. Um, yeah, Patrick Sertain's been phenomenal in Denver. Pete says that. That mm-hmm. there's no doubt he has been really good, definitely. Um, but no, I think these two stand above the rest. Michael Parsons is like. Forget rookie of the year, whatever. I mean, Michael Parsons is one of the best defensive players in football already. Period. Like it's it's period. Like he's in the conversation for one of the best linebackers in the game. What he did earlier in the year at defense end, yeah. So to me, him and Jamar Chase have clearly dominated the rookie conversation. Yeah,
0: big win for Dallas and a game that gave us a wheel and uh, wheel of fortune before and after. You know that you're familiar with that, right? It's like before and after. So we got Amari Cooper. Rush. Oh. You know, Mari Cooper and then dude. Cooper Rush. It's the first time in NFL history you've had a TD where the passer's first name is an exact match to the receiver's last name. But I, this is even crazier. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Buckle up. The Dallas Cowboys also have the only pass touchdown where the passer's last name and the receiver's first name were an exact match as well. So they have like the opposite, but they have the only one of those either. And that came in week 11 of last year, Andy Dalton to Dalton Schultz. <laughs> How crazy is that? <laughs> that is crazy. Whoever looked that up from NFL, re- NFL right. research is, yeah, I mean, I don't know who That's thought of that. Dive.
1: That's a deep dive. That is a deep dive.
0: And to go I in was there? so
1: messed up with the Cooper stuff last night on the Peacock yeah. show after Yeah. because we had a a package of Cooper Cup coming on as well later oh, in the yeah, show. Yeah. I called Cooper Rush like Cooper Cup twice early on in the show. <laughs> yeah. And it Easy really to pissed do. me off. Yeah. I really pissed me off. It was a less than it was a low quarterback rating for me. You, uh, you were and right off
0: the top of the show. It, you don't it, like to make that mistake. Me. Then, it wasn't like yeah. at the
1: top, but it oh. was like a little like five minutes in. Now we're getting into this conversations, so and I called Cooper Rush Cooper Cup like yeah. twice. Really pissed me off. Cooper's yeah.
0: becoming very—it's my son's name. Very popular. I know it is now. It's my son. I, for at first, I thought I was giving my son like a
1: original kind of newish name yeah now it's everywhere i see it. i do i do see it a lot and uh i can't wait to your kid plays sports because so we can go <laughs> <laughs> right right and call him
0: cooper <gasps> cup maybe if he has a big game uh all right so that's a big win for the dallas cowboys and another backup quarterback for the seattle seahawks woo, 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 got a victory woo, woo, woo. this one you know not as impressive because it did come against the jacksonville jaguars but still 31-7 some good things for geno smith only four incomplete passes the entire game 20 of 24, 195 yards, three touchdowns, two pass, one rush, no interceptions, completed his first 14 passes. So they, and I watched you on the Peacock Show, Yeah,
1: Seattle identified that Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are pretty good, Whoa. and they should feed them. I mean, did I have fun with that last week or not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, that to me was like, that's the theme of the game. I mean, they're the two best players on your team, and it's like they've phased them off the team the last few weeks since Geno came the starter like all right let's make it harder on us we got to back up in and now we're going to be even more conservative and not give the ball to the best players on our team that's how we think we'll win I, it made no sense to me so that that to me from get-go yesterday just looked like their their you know point of emphasis to be a little bit more aggressive on the offensive side of the ball and get those two guys the football yes and that's all it took you know again it was a And Jaguars team that just is overwhelmed. That's kind of the way I I thought it would play out a little bit. I I thought Seattle would win the game just because again, it's not easy to play there. Seattle's defense, even though not great, does a lot of different stuff. So if you're a young quarterback, it's a little annoying and could be flustering that way. Of course, they're pissed off and in a desperate situation, Seattle. So that adds to that too. And yes, I mean, uh, Trevor Lawrence, the offense, Jacksonville, they seem completely overwhelmed almost from the get go in this football game and Seattle took a hold took a hold of the game early on. And it was one of those where it's was like, wait, you dominated and you're up 17 nothing. And look, you've taken advantage of it. And now they have to play a game they don't want to play. No. Seattle didn't have to worry about run defense at all in the second half. They got to play all their crazy drop out. We got seven guys in the line of scrimmage. We were all dropping out and playing pass coverage. And it played right into their hands. And uh, good job. Good victory for them. Good job by Geno Smith.
0: Yeah, it hurt Jacksonville that they lost James Robinson early in the game, end of the first quarter. Yeah, so, that was but big. They were, they what was were,
1: it, it? Uh, like a foot heel, some
0: sort of a heel injury is here. that what it so was? We'll have to, I, don't, I haven't seen anything up. There might be something out now um, as you're listening to this podcast. But Hawk Astrologer says, love the pod, Chris Anamud. Did you see enough to have any new hope for the Seahawks' playoff ch- uh, chances here? I can't tell how much we beat the Jags versus how much they beat
1: themselves. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, I mean, again, I think it was a good win. And I, I, I said earlier in the week, I don't think it was, like, necessarily – I thought Jacksonville was every bit as talented as Seattle – you know, now you still believe
0: that you still think that
1: uh, less, so maybe now. less, less so. But yeah. I don't think it's far off. Again, talent doesn't mean you're NFL ready, battle tested, know how to handle situations on the, you know, on the road. That's two different stories. Again, that, that's two different stories. So you know, as much as it was a butt whooping there, yeah, everything was going right, and it was still fourteen to nothing with you know twenty seconds left in the first half. It wasn't like it was like, oh my gosh, they're clearly more talented and dominating them. Um, but but I do have hope from this standpoint. I mean, if they can just weather the storm a little bit, continue to find the two receivers and get them the ball, their defense did show last year that it can improve as the year goes on and they can become more sound. They're going to have to kind of find that kind of magic once again. And if they cannot be totally out of this by the time Russell Wilson get back, yeah, I give them a. A fighting chance. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't really think they're a playoff team this year. I know I've said that before, but I'm not going to count out Pete Carroll and company in the way a lot of those players, the DNA they have up there, I do love that about them. They fight. They're ready to always fight. They play hard as hell, and I respect that about them.
0: You know who you can't count out either? Staying in that division? Yeah. San Francisco 49ers. No. They get the victory. Big victory for them in a mm-hmm. game that it looked like maybe they would let slip away in Chicago. Always tough, I think, for West Coast teams yeah. playing in cold weather, playing yep. on the East Coast. Although no Chicago's doubt. not on the East Coast, but Soldier Field, I mean, that's just a tough place to play for any team traveling. They get the comeback victory 33 22, the final score. And I think the turning point in this game. Yeah, say it. They were down 16 to 9. Right. Third and 20. Third and 20. And deep going, in the Oh, my own gosh. End. Right. Huge right. play down to the one on that screen to Debo Samuel, 83-yard play. Uh, Jimmy G was able to punch it in with a run on a broken play. It looked like just a couple of plays later. Right. Um, but, but Debo Samuel, and it, with a team that hasn't had George Kittle, has had so many running back injuries. Yeah. You thought maybe Trey Lance could give him some big playability. Uh, he's been hurt, too, didn't play in the game. Debo Samuel, you talk about important to a team's success – he now has 819 receiving yards, the most in 49ers history in the first seven games of a season. That breaks Hall of Famer Jerry Rice's record set back in 1986. Debo Without Debo Samuel, the 49ers are not where they Absolutely
1: are. Absolutely right not. Now. You're exactly right. Way to, way to put it out there. That's that's the banner statement. You're exactly right. Debo Samuel, I don't know why, but nobody wants to really put him in the top receiver in football right. conversation. He's right there. You know, he does it a little different way. It's not like, oh, he's outside beating one-on-one coverage and you know, he's not running slants and slants goes and back shoulders like some of the other good receivers like Jamar Chase and Devontae Adams are doing to where you just go, oh, wow. No, no, they use him in a different way, but it doesn't matter. He does things that a lot of other receivers can't do, too, you know, and again, it's, it's a lot of what we saw there yesterday. You know, of course, we know he runs over the middle and can break tackles and can accelerate from zero to 60 as fast as anybody at the position in all of football, but he's just a weapon. And to me, weapons are in the conversation for the best receivers in football. I mean, he's dangerous. That was a huge moment in the football game. The game was managed and played perfectly by the Chicago Bears. Perfectly. It was Justin Fields, I thought, his best game of the year. You know, it really was. Against that defense, that's still a good defense with the 49ers. You know, he just made a lot of nice throws few great scrambles they had one or two quarterback design runs for him they ran the ball the right way the Bears played the right
0: way do you make anything of the fact that Matt Nagy was not there well and and Justin Fields had his best uh, game to
1: me they're they're always better when Matt Nagy's not calling the plays every time he comes off duty and they give the calls to Bill Lazor I go well at least there's an identity here Uh, yeah so I I don't want to say that like you know again but but either way, uh, I was really impressed with that. But, like, to your broader point, you know, hey, the 49ers defense is still good. They, they had trouble stopping the run game. You know, Bears, I felt like, were in a, did a good job of being in third and five and third and six a lot of the game. Fields was good with decision-making, made a lot of nice smooth throws. You know, so they kept them on the field. They chewed up clock. Um, but, you know, Shanahan – Had some great answers, some great design plays. Jimmy Garoppolo hung in there, made a lot of tough, tight throws, I think, throughout the game. And, yeah, don't count the 49ers out. People are, are, you know, again, let's not forget, they've been a little banged up. If they can just keep one of these running backs healthy, all they need is one. Like, if Elijah Mitchell can just stay healthy, and then we get George Kittle back here in a few weeks, or maybe this week, it's getting close, it's going to change their football team. And then, like I said, the defense is solid, too, um, but that was a big win. Yeah, they were facing down the gun barrel there. Uh, what, what was that screenplay? Late third, early fourth quarter? When was when, when that exactly? third,
0: yeah. Third. But yeah, down seven, deep in
1: your own end, yeah. third and 20. It's like you're
0: thinking punt there. If Chicago can go down, get a field goal. Right. They're, or they're going to chew up more clock and it's just going to put it
1: tighter on you that way. I mean, yeah, it was uh And it got the ball rolling. Win. It seemed like Kyle got into it really got a really good rhythm after here that. because exactly the next time right. with
0: the ball, Jimmy G was carving him up. Elijah Mitchell with a touchdown. They got the two-point conversion to Iuke there. And then um, Fields did come back with that amazing fourth and one right. run where it was a 22 yard run, but Pete notes here he ran almost 60 yards. It was insane on that, play. that play. Insane. Um, he's fun to watch. He is. Justin
1: Field. Like really, like the things he can do well. Yeah. Really fun to watch. No doubt. He's got, he's, he's definitely. I mean, he's got a gear that you know most quarterbacks don't have, and that's where he's special. He but, really is. But yeah. but despite that, yeah, Shanahan kept him in the groove Shanahan there. got going, and the run game got going. That's and really what killed it going. in the fourth quarter or at least the third into the fourth I felt like wow you know they're starting to wear down the bears defense a little bit Started to see Elijah Mitchell running through some big holes. And uh, yeah, big big win for them. Yep. Because that was a, a, you know, a desperate situation for the Bears, too. 49ers, I think, like, out of all the teams in the NFC that are not in the playoffs right now, again, we got Carolina as the seventh seed right now at four and four. Mm. If they were to play the 49ers, I would take the 49ers to win that oh, game ma- matchup right 100%. now, right? Minnesota's the eighth seed. I'm taking the 49ers to win that game. Yep. Atlanta's same records, the 49ers. I'm taking the 49ers to win that game. 100%. So, I still look at, to me, as San Francisco as definitely one of the seven best teams in the NFC. They're not full strength. They've had a few issues. They've blown a few games. Don't sleep on them. It's not over yet. They're going to have their say here. Still some positive signs for Chicago, including perhaps our favorite wait, Halloween wait. costume no, no. of all of them. Hold on. I just saw something that we got to talk about. Okay. We'll get Sorry. to it
0: soon. Pete already knows what you're going to do here, but I've led perfectly to a costume. Um, Before we get to the serious thing that Chris wants
1: to talk about here. Two rockets off his ass. Two rockets. Two Two rockets rockets. off the rear. Woo! Yep. I was so impressed (laughs) with how many players yesterday, like, dressed up for Halloween. Yeah. I really was. Throughout the league, I would be like, that would be the last thing on my mind on a Sunday for an NFL game if I was a quarterback. If somebody was like, "Well, what are you going to wear tomorrow?" I'd be like, "Fuck you! I got a game. I'm not really worried about it." I it didn't seem like that. strange that so many were. Yeah, yeah. I, I, oh. But there was, it was, uh, it was cool. I, I give a lot of respect to the players for for diving into that. It's a game. Have some fun. You only That's get right. one life. I Might know. as well Have That's fun with it. That's true too. That's true too.
0: Uh, do you want to go to the thing you were about to talk like, about? I saw. Okay, it. hold just on. I'm
1: scouring the internet real quick,
0: just in between as you like, were talking. You go. I want to make sure nothing big has happened. So, breaking news. What? We have breaking news on the What? Pod. Just before we're about to talk. Talk about the game. Yes. Rams defeat the uh, Texans thirty eight to twenty two. Uh the Rams great defense, right? Aaron Donald. You got uh uh, Jalen Ramsey, you got studs. Floyd. You got another stud. What? Per Adam Schefter. What? The Broncos finalizing a trade to send Vaughn Miller to the Rams for his second and third round picks in the twenty twenty two draft. Broncos paying nine million of Miller's remaining nine point seven million
1: dollar salary. Now Miller's hurt right now. I know. I thought he was going to be done for the year after the way it looked on Thursday night, but he was never Apparently like not. last week. He was questionable and, you know, part of light practice, I think, I want to say. So that, he's close to coming back. Yeah. All right. So uh, that we talk about the team that didn't need him, or maybe they did. What do you think? I, I mean, the first thing I wanted to go, I, the first thing I'm seeing it, first off, I'm like, whoa, that's amazing. Yeah. I love the Rams. That's why I love the Rams. Again, I mean, I feel like we say this almost every year. They just, the Rams. I love their. Let's push it all in the middle of the pile. We think we're going to win the Super Bowl. Let's go for it. Yeah, I love that aspect. The second thing I thought of is like second and third round picks in the twenty twenty two draft. I wanted to be like, do they still have those picks? I mean, uh, I feel does like seem... they trade away every pick <laughs> right. they have. I, I agree. Mean, I, that's where I was like, do they're, they? are they growing. That? They're growing new picks. <laughs> they're spawning new. Oh picks. Oh my and they just gosh! Trade but away. Unbelievable for a defense that's yeah star powered. Not incredibly deep, mm-hmm. but this just the adds to a whole another level of disruption and creativity that Raheem Morris and McVay are going to be able to infuse into this defensive line and defensive front. That's where they're good. You know, I know we've broken them down before, where it can be like, yeah, their front four can get there, but they can also blitz two, have two drop, and you don't know who's coming. Leonard Floyd's as good as coverage and as most coverage linebackers are in football. You know, Von Miller is really good in coverage, let alone they can rush the passer. So I just look at this and go, wow. Like, wow, wow. And he might not be able to play for a week or two, but who cares? You might make his debut, though, Sunday Night Football versus
0: Tennessee. That, that would be a, awesome. Pete, that's what we're hearing at uh, oh, this my early gosh. juncture. So now knowing that Von Miller was out there, available for a trade, who should have done this deal? Rams did it.
1: Well, there the rumors were it? out here that, that Von was – definitely a trade rumor or target um you know i look at it you know of course who missed the boat well baltimore is a team i looked at that could have used a pass rusher um you know they're gonna pass they're gonna they're gonna want to trade the teams in the nfc for the most part right i mean I, i would think so and as i look through that yeah, the Packers, of course. Meh, you know, the Packers, I'm not going to say that. Z'Darrius, it sounds like, is coming back. Rashawn Gary, uh, he has really played well, so I'm not going to go all in on that one there. Mm. A second and a third is pretty hefty. Pretty heavy. I mean, Dallas, so again, there's I mean, they don't some have to. There's probably some they are a Super Bowl team to yeah. where maybe, but uh, I don't know. I, I can't sit here and look at any team that's like towards the top of the NFC and go, oh, wow, they needed him. Right. Yeah. Cardinals can maybe be a good question. No doubt. Yeah. You know, there's no doubt. But they you know, they probably a little bit like, man, we got Chandler Jones. He wants more money. Marcus Golden's playing well. They didn't want to upset that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Either way, I'm amazed that they got the trade. And wow. I mean, it's a defense that's just been playing better and better the last few weeks. And this is just going to add, you know, another angle to the whole thing right now. Uh, Rams now will have a third, fifth, and two
0: seventh round picks in the twenty twenty two draft. Trade them.
1: Why, why do they even have those? <laughs> oh, wait, get, why, why, get rid just of. Them. Go hang out at the beach and uh, sip my ties during the draft this year.
0: Uh, this game thirty eight nothing until Houston came back, which is part of the reason why I stopped gambling mm, for the it's most scary, part because I right? am like, well, I was like, that makes no sense. It's yes. like you think you have an easy victory and yeah. then all of a sudden scary. Houston comes back and depending on the point total that you got, it's like, oh, you might have lost that one all of a sudden. Free. Yep. Which is crazy to think, because it was all Rams, all Stafford, all Cooper Cup. Uh, once again, Cooper Cup is the first wide receiver with ten plus receiving touchdowns in his first uh, team's first eight games of a season since Kelvin Johnson in twenty eleven. Also with Matthew, Matthew Stafford. Stafford. How about that? Yeah, that's what
1: Stafford does. Stafford does eat that. All you Stafford
0: haters. Yep. And now, and now Cooper Cup will leave the Rams in somewhat of a. Hostile situation, just like well. To
1: your point, I made this game one of my best bets of the week. Now I had it at fourteen and a half for the Thursday pick spot, so I got it. But like I know a lot, I think it was at at sixteen yesterday, right? By the time kickoff happened, right? that's scary, like you said. I mean, that's the ass whooping. I don't know what else you want me to say. I mean, yeah. I mean, the Rams are on a different level. The Rams, when healthy, are, you know, they're. One of the best teams in football. In fact, I think they're the best team in football. I, I've kind of been saying that the last few weeks. I you know it was two bad quarters against the Cardinals. Other than that, they've kind of outplayed everybody else in football all year long. Significantly, too. Significantly. Like not even close. Blowing teams out. Right. Like, not even letting you hang around. Defense makes plays. They make you earn it. Offense, they can beat you whatever way they want to. And that's where they're dangerous, too. You know, they can run the ball. Oh, you're taking Cooper Cup away. Big deal. We got a bunch of other receivers we'll throw to, mm-hmm. you know. And then you add McVeigh's creativity, and then you add Stafford's talent to that. Like Stafford on the big bomb to Van Jefferson is one of the plays I showed last night as like my throws of the day. Like again, I know when he catches the ball, it looks like oh wow, he was it was open. Good good job by them. But, like, when he's throwing that ball, the safety was 25 yards deep. Van Jefferson was still behind the safety and not open yet. Like, there's only a few quarterbacks in football that are going to really see that and then go, wait, I could throw it out there far enough to where my guy will outrun that and he'll be open by the time he catches it. Yeah, let me throw it 60 yards right. out there. Throws it flick 60 yards, rest. flick of the wrist. And that's where, to me, they're just amazing because they've shown every aspect of how to win a game, play offense. And, of course, we know the defense is super talented, and now you add Von Miller, holy shit balls. Yeah. I'm, I'm blanking right now. I know I picked Rams-Browns in the Super Bowl. Did I pick the Rams to win or the Browns to win? I can't even remember I what I the picked. Rams, I hope sake, the Rams, for too. For your sake. I can't remember. Br- Pete
0: says Browns. Pete I did say uh, the Browns. You're in trouble. Damn you're in Damn, trouble. You're in trouble. Damn, I
1: am in trouble. You're in trouble. <laughs> uh, our
0: friends over at PointsBet, they got the MVP odds right now. Matthew Stafford is currently tied for second with Tom Brady and Kyler Murray. Uh, Josh Allen, still number one, plus 350. I find I'm a little that, surprised, right? I am right? a little surprised, yeah. right? So let's go to their game. The Bills beat the Dolphins 26-11. to 11.
1: Ugly first half, three points in the first half for Buffalo. They were outplayed. Miami outplayed Buffalo yesterday. They're not better than Buffalo. They outplayed Buffalo yesterday. For the whole
0: game or just the first For the most part, but
1: they just screwed up like four or five plays and just uh, that was the difference in the game. They had their asses on the ropes. Missed field goals. Going to go up 6-3 at the half. You're sitting there in, what, this 15-yard line. You snap the ball into the guy going in the motion. I mean, Yes. It was not an impressive game by Buffalo by any stretch of the imagination. I'm sorry to cut you off there, man. I just got excited.
0: No, so I mean, it, it, that's that's the whole discussion on this game. Yeah. I mean it's, maybe it's one of those games where if you are Buffalo and you have all these expectations and what they were coming off a bye too. Yeah, that, yeah, right. right? Coming so off the like,
1: bye, lost to Tennessee before the bye. Expected to come out of the bye a little bit. Two you know, things I think more jump of out. An edge. They had to play Vrabel, and now they played Flores. Yeah. They run the New England offense, they, so that, that's one thing I go well. Uh, you know, I know I'm going to take that into account. Like Vrabel and Brian Flores are going to know Brian Dayball about as well as anybody in the sport, so yeah. they're going to know how they want to attack. But it was Strugglesville for the Bills' offense yesterday. I mean, Strugglesville and Allen. That to, to our to our you know point with like points bet right here and him being the leader of the MVP. Like I understand it because they're going to ride him. And he's just going to throw, and he's going to be the leading rusher, and yeah. he's going to make plays. But for my money, on that list there, I'm I'm going Stafford or Kyler Murray. Still, I know I know the Cardinals lost, but you know, again, I don't think Rondell Moore is going to touch a punt back in his own area or drop or or Kyler Murray's gonna rifle some screen pass to him. Like that that that's them them messing up. I'm not gonna sit there and go, Well, I just think different of Arizona now. I know Green Bay played that game perfectly and all that. But to 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 the point of, you know, Buffalo um. Yeah, I'm surprised that Allen is still such a significant leader, really. I mean, a significant leader on the points bet odds. Uh, he's awesome. You know that. But this brings me back to my point of, like, they need another guy on offense. They need another guy on offense. Mm-hmm. I know people think, like, I, again, I, I, I keep trying to tell people because I hear too many of, like, my, well, the Bills offense has weapons. Like, like what who tells you that they're so weapons galore? Like, what? Who? I mean, Stephon Diggs, but that connection hasn't been the same, been the same this No, year. it has not. You know, I think teams, of course, they were good, so they've studied how Buffalo wants to use him. Mm-hmm. And they also look at it and go, wait, he's the only guy that can really screw us over and ruin our game. He's the only guy on their offense that can go 60, 70 yards, right? Yeah, Beasley had a good day, but, like, okay, it's, it's once every five, six weeks, yippity do, okay? That's where... They need something else. Emmanuel Sanders, as I've said many times, there's a reason he's on his third team for third years, three years. Teams weren't like, "Oh, he's so awesome, but we'll let him go." He's good. He rounds out your offense. right? Four targets, zero yards for him yesterday. To me, they need another element on that offense. I know there's been talk about giants trading Evan Ingram up there, maybe. Hmm. You know that would be interesting. You know, I've said all along, if I'm Buffalo, I'm calling the Browns and trying to get Odell and do something of that. You know, they, to me, need to make a move like the Rams a little bit. You're in the window. They're really good. I think they could use one more stud on the offensive side of the ball. And that would change their football team. We'll see. But, yeah, that was not like a win yesterday that makes me feel, ooh, warm and cozy about the Bills. Yeah,
0: unlike the Week 2 win over Miami that was 35-0. That, if that happened this past week, we'd be thinking a whole lot differently. Uh, Dolphins, they, they have troubles. We've talked about it. We'll probably continue to talk about that. But let's get to Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. We've got three more games here. We'll start with the Broncos now. Von Miller-less. Uh, they did get the win over Washington 17-10. to uh, Your headline for this one. Um, oh, no.
1: No, hold on. I got it. You, All right. you got it. Just think. Bl- bl- uh, yeah, who blew it less? Yeah. Okay. Who blew it? Bl- the kicker. Uh, that, that was easy. I want to say so many other funny things here. But who blew it less? Nobody wanted to win this game. Yeah. I mean, first off, Washington... You know, what is it? Three blocked field goals in two weeks. Two yesterday. Two yesterday one in yeah. a big moment, right, in the fourth quarter when it was 10-10. to 10, And they kind of were controlling the game. And you're thinking, okay, they're going to go up 13-10 to 10 and put the pressure on it. Blocked field goal. What happens? Uh, uh, Broncos go down and score a touchdown and go up 17-10. to 10. So that was a 10-point swing right there, you know, basically for the, for the Broncos. Um, yeah, I mean, both of these teams, I'm kind of just like, Bleh. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, but here's the thing: yeah.
0: Denver's four and four now.
1: Yeah, I mean, four they're not four, out of it. No, you got seven teams who are making
0: the playoffs, no. but they just traded Von Miller. I know because would you, would you be upset if you were a Broncos fan? I, I don't
1: right think I would be. I think it's, you would not be. If I, you were a Broncos fan. I think that the bigger, I mean the bigger picture is like, all right, Broncos, you're not going to the Super Bowl. You're not. You're not going there. I don't care what you say. It doesn't matter if you got Von Miller or not. That's not happening. You know, and. They got a second and third round pick for next year to kind of build their football team. I, I understand the thought process. You know, I, I think uh, everything's going to be a struggle for Denver all year long. They played a Washington football team with Taylor Heineke, where like, hey, Taylor Heineke is—he's just good enough to get you beat in a close game every week. That's what he does, you know. Um, but yeah, Washington—it's just defense is solid, but not as special as we would have thought. You know, offense for Washington, they seem to move the ball but never really make the plays to, you know, put themselves over the edge to win football games when they got to play a good defense. And, you know, Denver, I don't know how to feel about them. Yeah, Denver's well-coached on defense and has some things they like, but I don't think it's an elite defense. And offensively, you know, yeah, it's good to see Jerry Judy back and all that, but I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is bringing you to the promised land anytime soon.
0: Plug-and-play 16. Hey, Chris Ahmed, just a quick damn okay for Patrick Sertain the second in the Broncos win, you talked about him a little bit yeah. you, you like what you've
1: seen well he's now. phenomenal you know that's one where if I could take back my rank I know I had Caleb Farley number one uh and I think I had Sertain three Sertain clearly should have been I, I don't want to say clearly because the kid in the Tyson Campbell kid in Jack uh Jacksonville is really damn good too but he's he's two Sertain's really phenomenal like Really understands the game. Has more explosiveness than I think I gave him credit for at Alabama. And just been like definitely one of the bright rookies uh, of the year, for sure. No doubt about that.
0: Panthers have a whole lot of young talent on the defensive side. They get the win over the Falcons, 19-13, to the final score. Your headline there is? Cats always eat birds. Okay,
1: easy enough. I mean, this is what happens. Cats eat birds. That's, that's what happens. Uh, you know, like, nothing sexy here. No. Well, what did the Panthers do? They basically said, we're not going to let Sam Darnold mess this game up. We're going to run the ball almost every play the whole game. Yeah. I mean, including the, with Sam Darnold. Yeah, with, including <laughs> yeah, who got himself concussed like yeah. like stupidly. Like, where, Come on. You can't let defenders, linebackers like Oluwaquan have a shot like that on you. Um, but I think the thing I come back to, Ahmed, is you know, Pittsburgh kind of took – a I mean, Panthers took kind of approach Pittsburgh did. Wait, let's manage our quarterback. Let's not let him screw the game. Let's run the ball. Let's play through our defense. And, yeah, it might be ugly, but maybe 19-10 is the way we're supposed to win football games, or 19-13. And that, to me, I, I think it makes a lot of sense, at least to the offense kind of gets its bearings straight. Maybe to Christian McCaffrey can get back and help them out a little bit. But I just give them a lot of credit for hanging tough with the running game. Chuba Hubbard looked good. And, you know, the defense just clearly steamrolled the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, Matt Ryan was getting crushed. Their offense really never looked like it had a chance all day long to do anything other than, like, Well, maybe they'll be able to make a play to Pitts or Cordero Patterson. Other than that, there was nothing going on.
0: They did a good job covering Kyle Pitts. Six targets, just two catches, thirteen yards. Stephon Gilmore was in this game. Interception, his first game. Yeah, good for him since the trade from the Patriots, and he was uh, over Pitts a few times there. So a good game plan. The Panthers' defense—I mean, that's a play. That's a playoff
1: unit. They're a playoff defense, exactly right. You know, they had a few weeks where, yeah, okay, they let up a few good, like few plays here and there. But like, you know, first off. You you run the ball for 203 yards and you have that defense, you're going to be hard to beat. And, you know, again, I think we hit on this last week, but I'm going to hit it on it one more time. You know, their four losses in a row, their defense certainly played good enough for them to win all those games. The Eagles, the Vikings, the Giants. You know, the Vikings game I can look at and go, okay, it wasn't their best. But, you know, still let their offense hang around to make a few late drives in the game to, to tie the game and send it to overtime. Um, so I think this is what they got to kind of do going forward here is just, you know, play through the defense, be very careful what you do with Sam Darnold, who might not even be able to play this week. He took such a big hit. So your last headline, cats always
0: eat birds. How do you explain this one? Oh. Eagles defeat the lions 44 to six. I lied.
1: <laughs> Eagles eat lions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, this one I got yeah. You know, how about, I don't know if you saw this this week with Nick Sirianni. So it's a little play on this, but. So where you um, talked about the flower, the flower, the teams like a flower. It's right. not pretty
0: at first, but you're you're yeah, building bring your the water
1: roots. out to practice, and you water the roots, and they're going to grow water underground, and it's going to help grow this beautiful flower, yes. right? Yeah, you know. Um, so that's where we're going with the Scotts Turf Builder. Oh, that's your headline, Scotts Turf Builder, right? Got to have a little fertilizer on the ground. There it is. Got to have it Got right a picture there. Picture of it,
0: thanks, Kristen.
1: Yep, and you know they one. they dominated with Boston Scott their run game the in run Boston game. Scott 60 yards
0: two touchdowns for Scott but yeah it wasn't just him
1: no it was it was a uh, what I loved about it was they just they showed some creativity in the run game they went all in on the run game in this one I think this is another team that kind of said wait what do we got a quarterback why are we trying to like think he's gonna drop back and dice people up with his right arm in the passing game? that's not what he is let's use him to what he is Let's use his running ability. Yeah, we know he'll scramble, but let's add to our run game in general and put people in a bind that way. So between that and then their defense, and, of course, we know like your Lions football team just got nothing to offer on the offensive side of the ball. No. You know, between Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift are the only people on the offense that are capable of doing anything like remotely special. After that, it's just a lot of guys, and they were severely overmatched in the football game. Excuse me, as I'm burping. And once they got down, you just know that your Lions team can't come back because it's Jared Goff, and there's Silver. just not a lot of weapons on that pass offense altogether. But the Scots turf builder, that was a good one. I got to give Pete DeMilletta's credit there. I mean, well, I know not, you haven't yeah. seen Billy Madison. I have not. You need not. to see Nick Sirianni's press conference and then watch Billy Madison. Because, like, there's, it was like, watch it was like, Billy, why did you why did you draw a blue duck? Well, I've never seen a blue duck before, and I always wondered what a blue duck would look like, so I drew a blue duck. That's yeah. what his like planting the flower in the ground analogy sounds like. And then like. they
0: go, we're all dumber now. We're all for dumber forever. To listen
1: to that. Thank you, and uh, God have mercy on your soul.
0: Pete wants to nickname who? Boston Scott now? The Fertilizer? Is that the what Fertilizer. You I like that, That's right? great. Scott yeah, I'm sure he'll love builder, that. Yeah. The Fertilizer. Your fertilizer, Mr. Scott. Uh, J.O. says, damn okay. Eagles running game. Yes, it was the Lions. Sorry, it's Ahmed, okay. but the Eagles finally committed to the. The run and it worked there you're right and uh good win for the eagles and, and for the lions yeah it was one of those games where it was like all right they could win this one yeah and they had their worst performance the eagles looked like they the changed season.
1: their approach a little bit after a few defensive players complaining last week too about being just a little too conservative you know they are a little bit let's play past defense and let's not let up a big play and put a lot of pressure on our d line and i felt like yesterday they got in the face of detroit a little bit and we're like no screw you we're not going to give you an inch on in anything And uh, made them play with a different style and, I think, ferociousness on that side of the ball.
0: Cats always eat birds, except when they don't. Except
1: when the Eagles are here.
0: (laughs) That was Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. Final thing, Monday Night Football, points bets got the odds for this one. It is New York at Kansas City. Ten and a half is the the spread. The over-under is 52. yeah.
1: It's a scary line. I mean, 10.5. Like, listen, I think that the Giants can keep this close. You know, but the thing with Kansas City is, you know, the game could be 27 20 with four minutes left, and all of a sudden you lose 34 20 or you lose 37 20. That's where it's hard to bet on them. Mm-hmm. I think the Giants match up with them pretty well, though. They're well coached in the secondary. I think they're going to be all over some of the Kansas City stuff. The one thing Mahomes has are no great pass rushers of the Giants. Maybe he can hang in the pocket. That's been the issue with him. I broke that down last week on the podcast. Worst game he ever played. So that's not the best for the Giants because you're gonna get Mahomes pissed off, ready, ultra focused. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. But if the Giants are healthy on the offensive side of the ball tonight, they're gonna to pose problems to the Kansas City Chiefs. Pete, like where are we at with like I think Kadarius Tony's playing, right? Where are we at with good Galladay and Saquon Barkley? What's the latest there? Because to me, that that plays into this, too. I don't think either are supposed to I play. I don't think either, either either are. I just wanted to make sure. But if they get Kadarius back, that'll help out. And it's Sterling Shepard's out there. And then Darius Slayton.
0: Tony expected to play. Shepard expected to play. Galladay out. Barkley okay. out.
1: All right. That stinks as far as Barkley being out. I would have loved them to have one of those guys because then you could really put Kansas City in the bind of like, oh, we've got to be worried about the run game and Daniel Jones with the read option run off of that. Now we got to play man-to-man and we're in trouble. But I I, I, I think I'm going to say the Giants keep it close. I pick Kansas City to win 30-24, to 24, but I don't think it'll be pretty, and I do think they pose some problems for them. Um, mm. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm uh, I am uh, excited to watch a little Monday Night Football with my boy, Philip who... You know, is Michael Jordan? Well, he's being psychologically tortured by Mahomes and the Chiefs this year. It's, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. This is what you got to go Dad, through as a fan. Dad, is he is he ever going to be the same? <laughs> and you go, no, no, he's not. <laughs> no conspiracy theories. Find a new quarterback. <laughs>
0: uh, all right, you'll talk about that game perhaps Wednesday. Yeah, with uh, Boy yep. Paul, he's back with you here. I'm going to be in San Diego for the Breeders' Cup, some horse racing, and then I'm taking some time there with my uh, with my wife for ten year wedding anniversary. Wow, so congrats, I'll man! Be there for Way a little bit. Way to go. So yeah, we yeah. made it
1: to. 10. What are you guys doing? What are you gonna do for the anniversary? Just,
0: I don't know. Hanging out in San Diego. For hangout, a while. That's a great spot She's to hang fly out. Out there, uh, beautiful weather. Days after I get out there. Yeah, beautiful good weather,
1: landscape. Good landscape. We'll you know? Find something to do. I love San Diego. To me, it's one of the best underrated cities. And what is that? The red light district or whatever they well, have downtown? I don't downtown. know about that. What yeah. is that? what red lamp district? No, yeah. I think that's something completely different. <laughs> red light district yeah. might be like the Netherlands. If right? I if I
0: end up at the red light district, it'll be our last. No, look it up before we go. It's
1: gas lamp,
0: gas, gas lamp <laughs> district.
1: You know, <laughs> gonna gas lamps my, can be red. I'm going <laughs> to go to my wife. I know Kathleen. Hey, hey, my, happy tenth you know, anniversary. Chris said to go to the red light district. I was like, Happy Let's just anniversary, do that. ten years. There's a burlesque down the road. Yeah. Chris Let's said go to do there. it. He said, yeah, "It's not my fault." Oh, she already doesn't like me, probably. <laughs> that's so, <true>. all right, <laughs> that's true. All no. right, all right. Peace out, everybody. Ahmed, you the man. We did. Congrats. It. Ten years. Yep. Pick some butt in the horse racing. Yep. I went with uh Stiletto Boy. He's gonna win. Oh, okay. Mark it down. All right, interesting. Mark it down. I haven't really handicapped it yet, I don't so we'll I have see. no idea. Why. Stiletto boy is I like in the, the mix. names. And yeah. one of the names was like Nick's Go or Go Nix. Nick's Go is probably the Knicks favorite. Nick's don't go anywhere, so I can't go <laughs> behind that. And yeah. I heard he's the favorite. So. he is the favorite. All right. So peace out. Everybody check out Ahmed on the Breeders' Cup Classic this week. He'll be killing it, kicking butt. Then he's going to be kissing his wife for a while. We'll see (laughs) him back after that. Everybody be good. Sending questions. Wednesday, What the Fuck Happened podcast. We're going to break it down. Get into all the good stuff that happened this past week in the NFL. Peace out. Chris Sims, Unbuttoned, presented by Under Armour. Clap Clap it it up.